everyone. Good morning, everyone. This is the Transportation Authority of San Francisco County's Finance Committee meeting uh, Tuesday, April 12, 2016. Uh, my name is Eric Mar. I'm the chair of the committee. Um, our clerk is uh, Mr. Stamos. Could you please call the roll? <clears throat> Item one, roll call. Commissioner Campos. Campos absent. Commissioner Cohen. Here. Cohen present. Commissioner Kim. Kim absent. Commissioner Mar. Here. Mar present. Commissioner Yi. Ye present, we have quorum. Thank you. I wanted to thank um, from SFGTV for televising us um, for every meeting. Leo uh, Davis or Dacis and Nona Marconian from SFGTV. Uh, Mr. Samos, please call the next item. Item two, approve the minutes of the March 8, 2016 meeting. This is an action item. Thanks. I see no questions. Let's open this <coughs> up for public comment. Is there anyone from the public that would like to speak on the minutes? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Can we approve the minutes without objection? Colleagues, or roll call on the minutes. Okay. On item two, the minutes, uh, Commissioner Campos. Campos absent. Commissioner Cohen. Aye. Cohen, aye. Commissioner Kim. Kim absent. Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Yi. Aye. Yi, aye. The minutes are approved. Thank you. Um, next item, item three. Item three, state and federal legislative update. This is an action item. Thank you, and we have a presentation, Ms. Crabb. Yeah, good morning, and uh, Mark Watts, who usually presents, sends his regrets. He's at a hearing this morning in Sacramento, so hopefully I'll step in and be able to round up with him if you have any additional questions that I can't answer. Uh, so thankfully, uh, I don't have too much to report because it's a much shorter legislative uh, matrix than it has been the last few months as far as the positions we're taking. Uh, there's two new positions that we're recommending, which uh, you can find it in the summary sheet on page five of your packet. The first is a seek amendment <coughs> position on Assembly Bill 1851. Uh, this is a bill that is related to clean air vehicles, and so on the on the on one hand, we support uh, the measures that the bill recommend to increase the uh, point of sale rebates and incentives to purchase cleaner vehicles. On the other hand, um, it does also include uh, removing a cap that would increase the amount of decals allowing these vehicles in the HOV lanes. And so uh, we've been opposing those bills because it really dilutes the um, effectiveness of the HOV lanes, particularly in the Bay Area where they're so prevalent, um, seen a lot of extra congestion because of that. And so um, that's why we're not opposing. We're seeking amendments, so hopefully we can um, uh, get that portion of the bill amended out. Uh, the second position is an opposed position on Senate Bill 885. This is, uh, it would require public agencies to accept liability uh, and financial repercussions uh, in defense of um, uh, design professionals and their work. So it's, it's a bill that uh, puts a lot of burden on public agencies and has been opposed by a number of other uh, coalitions of uh, public sector agencies. Uh, just another quick update on the uh, AB uh, 2374, which is the uh, construction manager general contractor bill that we are sponsoring and is being carried by Assembly Member Chu. Uh, this bill was heard at the April 4th Assembly Transportation Committee, and I'm happy to report it passed out of committee unanimously. Uh, Eric Cordoba of our staff and, Mar and uh, Assembly Member Chu presented the item, and then a number of agencies spoke on behalf of uh, the item in support, and luckily there was no opposition. So I think uh, we're still working with the um, the uh, coalitions and the interests that have expressed 
um, concern over similar bills, but I think they're satisfied that it's such a narrow scope of application of the of the um, delivery mechanism that they're satisfied that um, they're not going to oppose it. So we'll hope, hopefully that moves forward. Um, and then finally, uh, just you know, we've been presenting on what's been going on in the transportation revenue measures at the state level. Um, the three proposals that are still on the table in the Assembly, uh, the Senate extraordinary session on transportation, and then the governor's budget proposal, uh, nothing's really happened in the last few months, but we expect act activity in the next month. Um, in general, they're <coughs> proposing to, on one hand, increase the amount of revenues for transportation, but on the other hand, we're hearing uh, definitely that it's going to be a real challenge to increase any kind of of um, revenue source or taxes that's going to require two-thirds votes. We anticipate the real battle is going to happen over the uh, portion of cap-and-trade funds that are left at the discretion of uh, the leg legislature and the governor. So with that, I'm happy to answer any questions you have or ask Mark to get back to you. Actually, can I just ask on the, um, I think it's Assemblyman and Gordon's AB 2292, which is on the watch list on the summary. Um, okay. It looks like it's defining what a disadvantaged community is and is that more in line with being broader on it on the definition versus what the state requires could you go into a little bit more detail on that one sure yeah um so that bill it does move in the right direction a little bit i know we've been very concerned about the definition um but it's a really minor tweak and it doesn't address a lot of the larger concerns we have so we don't anticipate it even though it's a it's a move in the right direction and we're happy that the conversation is is being more open, it still isn't really going to affect the needle that much. So um, we'll definitely monitor it closely and hopefully be able to increase um, the effectiveness of the definition. Any other questions, colleagues? Um, let's open this up for public comment. Is there anyone from the public that would like to speak? Seeing none, public comment is closed. So we have two, um, two recommendations on the summary sheet and a number of watches, and this is an action item. Um, can we take this recommendation, um, same house, same call? The or, House has changed. The House has changed with Supervisor Kim, so let's have a roll call, Mr. Tamos. Sure. On item three, Commissioner Campos. Campos absent. Commissioner Cohen? Aye. Cohen, aye. Commissioner Kim? Aye. Kim, aye. Commissioner Marr? Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Yee, aye. The item is approved. Thank you. Um, please call item four, Mr. Samos. Item four, recommend awarding three-year consultant contracts with an option to extend for two additional one-year periods to Arab North America, ITERIS, Nelson Nygaard Consulting Associates, Stantec, Consul <coughs> Stantec Consulting Services, and WSP Parsons Ringerhoff for a combined amount not to exceed $2 million for on-call transportation planning services and authorize the executive director to negotiate contract payment terms and non-material contract terms and conditions. This is an action item. Thanks, Ms. Hyatt. Good morning, Rachel Hyatt, a Principal Transportation Planner. Um, these on-call planning <coughs> contracts support a wide range of planning work that goes on at the Transportation Authority. The item uh, and the memo starting on page 49 of your packet describes the range of services that we're seeking on-call support for, um, everything from supporting our long-range transportation planning work, the SFTP, to the neighborhood transportation uh, planning studies that we lead, um, to corridor studies 
studies such as supporting the um, potentially the Vision Zero ramps uh, uh, safety analysis um, to the Treasure Island um, planning work that we do. Um, we are recommending an award of five uh, contracts to five teams who capture the breadth of uh, skill sets that we're looking for. Um, and those skill sets are described on page 51 um, of your packet. Um, everything from project management or program management skills, basic transportation um, and community planning, um, to specialized skills in the area of engineering, so conceptual engineering and cost estimating, um, modeling um, and simulation, um, to expertise in technology-enabled transportation and uh, transportation systems um, engineering, which it gets into some of the software um, needs um, that support things like our, um, our BART incentives project. Uh, happy to answer any questions. I also do have to share a summary of how our existing or uh, soon to um, expire on planning on-call contract has been used. Um, the current on-call contracts encompass three teams. So we have three contracts with three different teams. Um, the total uh, contract capacity um, or authority that we have is 1.8, a little over 1.8 million. We have a little bit of contract capacity remaining, but we do have some pending um, task orders in the um, and uh, need for some of that remaining capacity. Mm. The range of studies and planning efforts that this work has supported is shown here. Ms. Hyatt, Supervisor yeah. Cohen has a question. Thank you oh, very yes. much. That's okay. Um, so I understand that there were a total of 37 responses to the RFP, and we selected five. Uh, there were six responses. Let's see. That may have encompassed 37 individual. Where's the 37 number? We'll see. The uh, pre-proposal conference. Oh, that's the number who attended the, what, is there, where is that on the, okay, okay, ah, uh, yes, 37 firms attended our pre-proposal conference, okay, um, so the, our process, it goes like this. We hold, we issue the RFP, um, and we have a database of firms who are registered with us to receive notifications of our, of our, uh, contract announcements, our RFPs and RFQs. We then hold a pre-proposal conference um, to which we invite any interested firm. Um, we answer questions about the scope of work, um, and it's also an opportunity for potential uh, vendors to network with each other and to form teams. Is it mandatory uh, in order for one to continue to advance in the process to attend these pre qualifying meetings? Right. No, it is not mandatory. Um, what we do is we t ask all participants to sign in and provide their contact information, and then we post that contact information as well as the questions that were asked during the conference and the answers that we provided at the conference as well as any questions and answers that we received through email or through other means um, by the deadline for questions and answers that we provide in the RF. Uh, Q. So how do we determine on the five agencies? Sure. So then what happens after that? There's a, a period of, uh, let's see, our schedule, 
wonder if we have our schedule in here. Well, uh, so what we do, we post the RFQ, then we have a schedule in that RFQ um, with certain milestone dates, um, all culminating in the date that the proposals or the, the statement of qualifications is actually due. So some of those interim milestones include a pre-proposal conference, which is optional. Then we have a date for questions to be submitted by any interested uh, potential vendor. And then we provide a date for our, the Transportation Authority to provide a written response to those questions. Um, and then the next milestone after that is the date when the statement of qualifications are due to the Transportation Authority. We typically allow, and in this case it was a month, um, between our request uh, for um, RFQ being issued and the statements of qualification being due okay, from proposed so teams. Streamline that. It's too long. Narrow it down. So you, they apply. Is there a point system that's attributed? Um, it's, I'm sorry, Tilly. Could you? Yes, it's, <laughs> yes, I just it's a competitive it's, process. Okay. Yeah. Just to add to Rachel's answer, the decision is made and recommendation is made based on interviews that are conducted by a panel um, comprised of staff from our agency and other agencies who um, uh, host the interview process. So teams come in, they make presentations, there's a point system that is laid out in the RFP with criteria. The team, the panel then scores them and recommends the top. Thank you. And how do you select the panel that does the evaluation of the scoring? In this case, uh, I think the team usually has a, uh, several internal folks who are going to be using this service, and then they uh, identify uh, usually an external member from, say, a partner agency like MTA. I'm not right. sure. In, MTA. In this and, case, it was MTA, yes. And so within your database that you email your information to, um, do you keep track of how many women, minority-owned businesses, um, that are, are inside the database? You know, that's a good question. I'll ask Cynthia. I believe so. We, we ask them to the extent yes. that they fill out the form, okay. um, then we can track it. To the okay. extent that they and we do have a DBE, and so, and so we have a DBE target for this contract. In this case, 10%. All of the proposals actually exceeded that contract. <coughs> um, and so the five that we're proposing here do propose exceeding that. And the makeup of their teams is included in the packet page I saw that. 58 right um, so my, my final question is what kind of services are they going to be bringing to us that we can't handle in-house yeah absolutely so um, everything let's see if we go through the scope of work on page 54, so um, project management, sometimes we actually use our on-calls as an extension of project management staff when, when we need that. Transportation planning, um, we actually have consultants do a lot of the sort of um, day-to-day -day work. They can do that more cost-effectively than in-house staff. So things like um, conceptual engineering designs, where these firms will have CAD and other tools um, in their shops. GIS mapping. Um, community involvement, um, this is a case where we will work with, and they can, the consultant firms can do this more cost effectively than we can, some of the um, facilitation um, or um, uh, community event organizing um, work that supports planning. The design and cost estimation, this is a situation, and also modeling, where these folks will be either civil engineers or um, transportation modeling engineers where they have you know the software that supports the modeling simulation work which we don't um, have in-house or they have the experience and it's sort of what they focus on is doing a thank you so they have the technological skill right. set they have the technology the equipment themselves 
um, That's right. that we just don't have. Okay. Right. Perfect. Um, Mr. Chair, that's all the questions that I have. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Ms. Hyde, I was just going to reiterate. So it looks like we chose the five top out of six <coughs> firms that submitted statements of qualifications. Mm -hmm. So we chose almost all of the ones that submitted SOQs. And then um, for disadvantaged business enterprise certification, um, for the five, you break it down by subconsultants. And some say women, others say Asian Pacific. And then there's a category called Asian subcontinent that a few of the subcontractors um, have that noted. But what does that mean, and why is that relevant for these contracts? Yeah, I'll have to ask Cynthia, please, to speak to that. Good morning, everyone. Cynthia Fong, Deputy Director for Finance and Administration. These are all categories defined by Caltrans. Um, since we, the majority of the funding will be grant, um, Caltrans grant um, provided, they define subcontinent Asian American um, category as races that include Asian Indian, Bangladeshi, Pakistanian, and Sri Lankan, while um, Asian Pacific Amer American categories include Cambodian, Chinese, Filipino, um, Indonesian, Japanese, Korean, Laotian, etc. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Um, thanks for the presentation. Now let's open this up for public comment. Um, I have cards for public comment for later, but if there's anyone that would like to speak, please come forward. Okay. <clears throat> On this one in particular, let's see. You see that city? My comment is this. Too many words, too much subcommittees. Whenever you break it down that much, the money's lost. You're subbing it out, subbing it out. Every little dime that goes to someone else's pocket, you take out of your own pocket. You do it. If, if you got a job to do, if someone can't speak the language, when you go to work, for example, I've worked my whole life with people that I didn't understand. When you get to the point where you're doing the job, you just do it. You don't pay someone to tell someone how to do the job. You just do the job. The guy in charge makes sure that everyone's there. Then it makes it work. When you sub everything out. So we're, we don't see the document that you've placed on there, Mr. Stamos. I think there oh. it is. Thank you. Okay. Uh, it's just a picture of San Francisco when it was beautiful, say, in 1951. Okay. It was beautiful then because there wasn't so many things you had to do. You see, now that we've marched into the future, everyone subbing, taking a little bit. San Francisco needs to take care of their own projects and not have to distribute it out so much. I'm trying to get you to be more aware of every time you spend a nickel getting someone to look at it, to consult about it, you've wasted your own money. I don't know if you understand clearly what I'm trying to say. If you over-sub-sub-sub things, then you take your own money. For example, if I had $10 and I paid someone five cents to go spend a dollar for me, I've wasted a nickel. It's just a comment I want you to think about, about your structural integrity of San Francisco, not the rest of the world. It's just my own comment. This is probably the only thing I'll show you today, San Francisco and... 1951, maybe. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there anyone else that would like to speak? <clears throat> then public comment is closed. So, colleagues, there's a recommendation. So, um, I have oh, Supervisor Yee. Yeah. I think um, you were just about ready to you, you, you put a, a slide on, up there listing about, looks like about six things. What was that for? I, I didn't hear you. 
Yes, I have some information that shows how the previous on-call contract, um, the prior to this one, has been used, mm -hmm. um, and the task orders that we have executed um, through that contract. You have if copies it's of, of that? Yes, we can get you copies. Is it in? Yeah. Is it in here? What page is it on? Oh, this one. Sorry. Should I continue? Okay. Um, um, I, I can. <clears throat> Yes, so here's the first. This is the first page, page one of two. Um, and this is the same information you have there. And then on the second page, I guess who page two of two. Of these projects, which uh, business was actually contracted to do this work? Uh, sure. So I have a breakdown that is by firm as well. The previous round of on-call, um, we awarded three contracts to support the previous round of on-call. Um, and these are the three prime consultants um, mm -hmm. and the award, the value of task orders awarded to each team. What did, I can't read it. What does it say? Um, so Nelson Nygaard Consulting Associates, we awarded task orders with a total value of 971332 Dollars. Stantec Consulting Services, we awarded task orders with a total value of $382,416. And to Arup uh, North America Limited, we awarded task orders with a total value of $349,799. I, I think what would be helpful in the future is um, you, you have the total mm -hmm. and you have individual projects in which I don't know which one is associated to which firm, it'd be good to say here's here's the firm that did the work and here's the projects under that total to this. So we could actually understand a little bit better sure. of what okay. actually went on. Okay. Um, and I think if we did this annually to give us a sense of how the $2 million is being spent yeah. uh, would be a good, you know, sort of uh, a check for us to make sure that it's, it's done properly. Okay, so a report annually where we show the total, uh, each task order awarded by firm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, there might be a, um, might be everything is all right, or we might see a pattern that what is what is going on with this. Okay. So I, th I think it's, it's a, you know it's our responsibility to not only uh, approve uh, the overall contract of uh, allocating two million to these potential um, firms, but at the end of the day, we'd like to know how it's spent, really spent, okay? Okay. Thank you. Any other questions? So we've already opened it up for public comment. Is there a motion on this item? It's an action item. So it's been moved and seconded, and we can do, oh, the House has changed again, so let's have a roll call, Mr. Sims. All right. On item four, Commissioner Campos? Aye. Campos, aye. Commissioner Cohen? Aye. Cohen, aye. Commissioner Kim? Kim, I, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, I, Commissioner Yee. Aye. Yee, aye. The item passes. Thank you. Please call item five. <clears throat> item five, recommend amendment of the adopted fiscal year 2015-16 budget to decrease revenues by 3616773 and increase expenditures by 23347827 for a total net decrease in fund balance of 26964600 This is an action item. Thank you. And we have Deputy Director um, Cynthia Fong. 
Hello, everyone. Um, this item, in case you have a packet before you, this item starts on page 59. Uh, what we have before you is a summary of the changes that we are making or proposing to the fiscal year 15-16 budget amendment. Uh, following that, we have attachment A, which is your executive level of the proposed changes. It shows all five different SFCTA funds along what was the originally proposed budget, uh, what the increase, decrease, change is <coughs> requested here and what the new adopted budgeted for fiscal year 1516 would be if all of these items were to go uh, were to be passed following on um, these pages is attachment B which is a detailed level of all the different revenues and expenditures we are changing attachment C is a line item narrative by item explaining what explain the nature of the project what is changing and perhaps a status as well let me um, quickly just go over why we're doing this. Um, each fiscal year, we take stock of the new revenue trends, recognize any new grants we've received and other fundings, and recognize any expenditure carryovers, um, increases and decreases, also known as inflows and outflows within the budget. Um, I can walk you through attachment A to executive level. That's also on page 61 of your packet. Uh, as you can see, in terms of revenues, we are asking to decrease revenues by $3.6 The majority of these um, changes are due to new grants, such as the BART Travel Incentive Program, the Transit Reliability Research Grant, the Late Night Transportation Plan Phase 2, the Travel Demand Modeling Assistance. All of these were new grants we received during the past um, nine months. In terms of grants that we are um, decreasing the amount we anticipate, to spend. Those are E-Fleet Car Sharing Electrified project, uh, project, the YBI Improvement Project, the SF Long Range Transportation Planning Project, and we have a few grants where we're also increasing uh, the amount we anticipate to receive. Uh, that's the 19th Avenue M Ocean View Project and a TIMA project. Uh, we also have, in terms of revenue changes, a 2.8 million decrease. And this is not really a revenue decrease, but it's just a change in recognition of, of how we budget and how we recognize uh, the TIM alone. Uh, previously, we were able to re record that as a revenue, but uh, we've changed our accounting basis to a gap basis in accounting um, due to the change in the new accounting system. And now we're no longer able to recognize it, but that doesn't say, that doesn't mean we aren't receiving the loan repayment in June as anticipated and as originally scheduled. Uh, now moving down to expenditures, you'll see that there's a total of $23.3 million of an increase in expenditures. The majority you'll see it falls under the capital project cost line item. This is due to um, costs that we weren't anticipating early on during the year, but SFMTA's vehicle uh, procurement reimbursements. We anticipate those coming in in the um, next few months, and that is approximately increase of $20 million here. Uh, also following below that, we have a decrease in administrative operating costs, approximately 518000 This was a savings that we uh, originally thought we would spend because um, once we implemented a new accounting system, we thought we would have temporary staff. We thought we would have um, also additional audit fees and legal fees because of those procurements came by. We were able to negotiate um, uh, lower um, contract amounts. We also have a decrease of 800000 in our debt service. This, you may remember, this is the revolver loan that this committee approved back in uh, May. This revolver loan um, replaced our commercial paper program. With this approval, we were able to save $800,000 in uh, commercial paper fees. <coughs> Uh, and lastly, we have a prior expenditure carryover. These are projects that did not, com 
costs and uh, revenues were, anticip were anticipated but didn't actually um, happen at the year at year end. And these projects were um, decrease unanticipated costs that did not occur for Yerba Buena Improvement Project, which was due to the nesting of the birds. Um, the Folsom Street ramps, you may recall, we had some um, contaminated dirt issues, and we weren't sure which fiscal year that would fall on. That actually ended up in this fiscal year. And um, the E-Fleet car sharing, we carried over some expenditures. There was just a um, change in uh, the type of um, items that they wanted to procure within the grant. Um, with that, I'd like to open for any questions. Um, I may go into it more detail for any item, if you please. I don't see any questions. Thanks, Deputy Director Fong. Let's open this up for public comment. Is there anyone from the public that would like to speak on item five? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Colleagues, can we approve this action item without objection? So it's been moved and seconded. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Mr. Samos. Please call the next item six. Item six, introduction of new items. This is an information item. And I see no colleagues, um, pub anyone from the public that would like to speak. Seeing a public comment is closed. Um, next item, Mr. Samos. Uh, item seven, general public comment. So we have two names, Mr. Andrew oh, Yip, yes, and then sir. also Mr. Ronald Eugene David Lee. Mr. Yip. Good morning, commissioners. For missionary in expanding the holy teaching of principles, worldly people so would follow the holy way and live a destiny of cultivated practices. When one enforces cultivation and power as well as enforcing communication of holiness onto the world society, the importance of holiness in culture shall be well known and heard. The pathway of awakening come to a perfect state of wellness of say so insight. We take a course sentient beings universally to heaven or pure land of kingdom. In achievement to level of full attainment and accomplishment, king's way and virtue in possessing of talent of usages and true knowledge that one would support of heavenly credits and in reception of heavenly destiny for diversified pathway of holy creditable works for preaching to the worldly people for divine rescue. One needs only to stay in boundary and secure one's life of destiny to put forward true self-nature for white pathway and usages in making success of one's origin of destiny for all fine personal relationships of divine order and divine methodology for proper judgment. One expands the quick teaching of holiness of inner bright virtue in nature and then in the new of our people with meditation and mercy in holy work, full awakening, recovery, and missionary works <coughs> shall come to a full success of achievement for the one destiny for all. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Yip. Is Mr. Lee here? Yes. And please come forward if you would like to speak. Well, I just spoke earlier, Mike. I just spoke earlier about uh, some things. You see, what's really happening in the streets of San Francisco for real <clears throat> are drug cartels that are taking over the city. Wars within wars. The bullets, the bullets that are killing people are coming from the drug cartels themselves. This is the fact of life for poor people in the city. I just ran all the way downstairs because I had to get a smoke because that's my major bad addiction. But there are some addictions 
in the city that are fueling lots of money for people who do illegal drugs. That's where the bullets that are killing San Francisco people and whatever anyone lies about, it's the truth. I've been living on the streets since October. I've survived barely, barely by just keeping myself away from all that. When I was out at Pier 80, for example, it became dangerous. Not just a bad place to live, because there was no good planning about that particular shelter. It was disgusting, period. I didn't like living there. The night I left, it was guns blazing. And whatever anyone cares about, I abandoned ship. Because I refuse to live there because it became another war of bullets. As I left, someone pointed to the sky. Oh, that's just fireworks. I said, bull. That was San Francisco being shot up again by drug cartels. Police were running to the scene. I abandoned Pier 80 forever because I refused to be shot, period. That's my comment. Thank you Thank for you. that one. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the public that would like to speak? Public comment is closed. Mr. Samos, is there any other business before us? Uh, no. Uh, item 8, adjournment. Thank you. Meeting adjourned. Thank you, everyone. <clears throat>